Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Follow Monica on Twitter at Monica on Air Talk. On Facebook at Monty Matthews. This is How You Live Life with Monica Matthews. Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Life, love, and liberty. So with regard to life, today is Monday. Some of you don't know what day of the week it is, so I'm going to tell you it's Monday. It is April the 27th, Monday. Uh, 21 years ago today, I lost my husband to Lou Gehrig's disease, otherwise known as ALS. The ice bucket challenge made that disease uh, very famous and brought it to light. Uh, It is a horrific disease process. Uh, There's no known cure for it. Dear friend of mine who actually had great results with stem cell therapy, um, ended up going into remission with that, believe it or not, and then died of a brain tumor. So it, you know, disease is just, uh, speaking of disease, as you know, there are many uh, doctors, and and uh, I believe there's a Dr. Erickson. You guys keep sending me videos, a YouTube video of two doctors out of California who are shining a light on uh, just how misleading, uh, some of you believe disleading, the, uh, the numbers are really important to make a distinction between the two. Uh, misinformation is simply something that um, is someone was misinformed when they informed you. So now you also are misinformed. Disinformation, on the other hand, is deceptive. It is intended to mislead you. So many of you are at this precipice of stress and and suspicion. And because no one's working... You know, it takes up the majority of your brain space throughout the day through social media because that's where most people are connecting with others outside of their immediate uh, sphere. When you see others, um, including our you know leaders in government, uh, presupposing that there's been some type of disinformation campaign as it relates to COVID-19, it is something that, as I said yesterday on my radio broadcast out of Atlanta, Georgia, uh, is something that you really have to guard your heart and your mind over so that you can assemble the information that you need to make, you know, for critical thinking and to make a righteous judgment. And I use righteous interchangeably in terms of, you know, a righteous judgment is something that is weighed uh, judiciously. So you've got as many facts as you can pull together Um You know, if you're a Christian, some of you would say, yeah, we have the mind of Christ. So yes, we do. It certainly doesn't, um, it it doesn't uh, 
diminish the fact that there are times when, yes, we will lean on our own understanding or our own opinions or the biases that we all hold or others hold that we follow, that we listen to, that we gather our information from. So a righteous, I think, decision is something that's going to lead you to the ability to discern something uh, with something other than, you know, earthly um just your earthly mentality about things, otherwise known as a fleshy mentality. I just recently had something happen in my own professional life where I uh, quoted someone I trust implicitly as a source, um, did not realize that it was going to be perceived as disinformation or something grotesquely biased. Um, and it was in the information that I gathered, um, was incorrect. And so what you realize is that people are so married to their own biases that no matter what your intention was, like, this is when you better know who you are. This is when the rubber meets the road, uh, is when you, um, have, um, inadvertently, uh, misinformed people. Again, important to distinguish between miss and dis, uh, when you have misinformed others or you have been misinformed, you know, and someone attempts to make that right. Where is your heart in the ability to discern, uh, whether or fact from fiction with regard to someone's authenticity and their apology, uh, and their attempt to make something right. I, I'm just telling you this pandemic has shown a light. It has shined a light on so many dark places. I think we have, um, not only in broken systems, but in our own psyches as a people, as a nation, as parties, um, it's extremely disturbing. Uh, I've seen things just within my own sphere of influence, not saying my mirror is perfect by any stroke of the imagination. Um, I too have been you know, caught up in, um, the who, when, where, why, and what of, of, have we been deceived? Who stands to profit from certain allegations, accusations, who stands to profit from, um, you know, disinformation who stands to profit by keeping uh, voters disenfranchised, divided. Um, you know, there's a disservice going on, um, that I think it, it bears, it, it just bears the respect of a momentary pause to really consider who are you following and who are you listening to? So I asked my followers yesterday, my listeners on my station here in Atlanta to uh, take into consideration, again, guarding your ear gates, your eye gates, where you're getting your, your information from as you assemble um, information. And I asked you guys on Twitter too, like, where are you getting your information from? Is it mainstream media? Who are your trusted sources? Is it Fauci and Burks? Is it the president? Is it mainstream media? Is it CNN? Is it Fox? Is it multiple sources? You know, what is it? Most of my followers, uh, trust president Trump. And I dare say that president Trump is being informed by Dr. Uh, Fauci and Dr. Burks and others that most of you do not agree with. So, uh, that tells me something too. 
also, um, most of you have managed to pull, uh, multiple, um, database resources for this whole, um, pandemic from multiple sources. That's who you trust multiple sources. So I'd be interested to know what those are, um, as well, but you were not specific in your answers, but I would imagine if you're anything like me, you are pulling from, um, I have probably five sources that I pull from, um, on any given day, particularly regarding COVID-19. So are you able, you know, to make a decision that's going to lead you to be able to lay your head down at night and get rest, no matter how wicked the people are around you, no matter how, um, how deliberate this could have been, no matter how much of a bioweapon this could have been, uh, no matter how much was hidden from us as a nation, can you lay your head down at night and get some good solid rest and, and some solid time in with your kids and your family right now in this time of, you know, taking a few steps back, um, albeit mandatorily. <laughs> so, um, that seems to be our biggest problem amongst most of my listeners. Um, most people are not okay with your first amendment rights. And in some states, your second, uh, amendment rights have been called into question as well. Uh, now rights of privacy are being called into question with regard to vaccination. Um, whether or not, you know, you won't be able to enter into a store in some areas, uh, without your temperature being checked. Um, you know, some, if you feel like that's a violation of your space, where do we go from here? I live in the state of Georgia. My governor has been, uh, accused of, um, essentially genocide. I, I'm going to just leave that right there. A very, very well known and beloved, uh, media personality accused my governor of, um, genocide by opening our state that it, that that is somehow targeted at a particular demographic. I am appalled. I am utterly aghast. Um, and I hope that someone with more, uh, of a, of a national presence, um, and hopefully in a position of authority would actually call this person, um, into account. You know, that's also where we are with this. You guys, there's, there's a, there's a spirit of, it's not malaise. It's, it's, it's legit anger and rage, um, in the form of grief that, that you've got, you know, Bill Gates telling us that there's nothing to see here. Keep moving in the way of how, who, what was the Chinese response to COVID-19? What is their role in all of this? Right. And Bill Gates is saying, don't focus on that. It's a distraction. Well, for me personally, that's the equivalency of watching Hillary Clinton with her hands thrown in the air, uh, shouting at Congress, you know, what difference does it make? We have four dead Americans, but what difference does it make whether or not I made the stand down call or the Obama administration or we left them there to die or we, you know, we were actually behind the whole thing. What difference does it make? They're dead. Now, for those of you who practice law, for any of us reasonably thinking human beings, can you imagine standing before a judge in any court of law saying, what difference does it make? I just didn't like him and he's dead. Like, what difference does it, I mean, can you imagine 
So there's a level of unmitigated gall in kind of this uh, Luciferian, secular, humanistic, um, belligerent, rebellious, um, anti-Christ spirit that resides in the world. And we're seeing it more and more manifest amongst our celebrities and amongst um, media types, uh, also amongst our government, our leaders. This is nothing new, though. We just happen to have immediate access to information. So there's, there's a sense of where's the justice and you're being tempted. You're being told to just turn the other cheek, just turn the other way. We have other things to get back to like making money, right? Like opening the economy again before we all file for bankruptcy. And according to Senate majority leader McConnell, um, you know, he hinted not so, not so, not so, uh, not so well, but uh, blatantly said perhaps the state should consider filing for bankruptcy. Now you've got the president today tweeting that, well, you know, uh, sucks to suck for you Democrat states uh, who don't manage your money well and who are overrun with programs that are, you know, basically slush funds, which I live in the state of Georgia. I can't speak to that, but I also pay taxes in the city of Atlanta. I can definitely speak to slush funds. Um, so he's not wrong. My city is run by Democrats. My state is run by Republicans. So, um, I dare say our governor is about to be hailed as, you know, a pioneer and visionary in the way of championing our constitutional rights, um, as it were by opening the state before anyone else, um, as crazy as other pundits have made him out to be. Um, and as much of a brouhaha as mainstream media has made all of this, uh, with regard to reopening. And I realized the president was not in favor of it either. And who knows, in a few weeks, maybe we do see a spike um, in COVID-19 cases here, but I dare say our economy will be uh, rolling a little bit further down the road. But with regard to justice, when there's no justice, when lawlessness abounds, the scriptures tell us that men's hearts will wax cold. And that's what you're seeing. And whenever I can't issue a public apology without continuing to receive beration and death threats and craziness, I mean, just complete lunacy, maniacal, murderous rhetoric because of my skin color, because of my eye color and my hair color, because there's a presupposition where I am concerned because I don't look like the person that I, um, have now been, you know, accused of, um, you know, just completely not misrepresenting, but disrepresenting because my story was misrepresented because I went by, um, my sources. But at any rate, I'm moving on from that. I realize this is a new story for some of you. Just know this, the best you can ever do when, you have bound, been found wanting in the area of, I'm sorry, um, that was misinformation. Let me attempt to take responsibility for that, take accountability for that. Um, it was not my intention to be neglectful or deceptive or hurtful. Um, all you can really do is look in your own mirror and know that that is your truth and ask for the forgiveness. And if it's not granted, you have to be able to accept it for yourself and know that you've attempted to make it right and move on. That's it. That's what you do. So 
That is how it is. So if you have any area in your life where someone's just holding something over your head and you know that, you know, you know, you know that you were not deceptive, you didn't mean to, you know, shed a, a disinformed light on something. I think that's why the Bible is so clear on God hates people, a lying tongue, right? Because there's a difference again, between miss and disinformation. And people who are just blatant liars have a motive for not telling you the truth. That's just how that is. And yes, that can um, ruin people's lives. It can bring people down, bearing false witness against someone. Absolutely. So I take that extraordinarily seriously. Um, So I want to encourage you, if someone's accusing you of doing that and it's not true, take your peace, make your apologies known, try to make peace with people and otherwise just move on. All that being said, uh, I don't know what most people did in the state of Georgia because you sure as heck couldn't go get your nails done where I live. So I just pulled my own SNS nails off today. That was fun. hundred percent acetone on the skins always feels good. Um, but my nail salon still closed. My massage therapist still closed. Um, you know, multiple retail outlets are still closed here that were, um, allowed to open as a Friday, Uh, but people have just made their own decisions for their own businesses and patrons have made their own decisions about whether or not they will patronize these places. I will say I had callers yesterday, uh, slightly miffed that some business owners are not, um, enforcing the, um, the guidelines of the CDC with regard to social distancing, as well as wearing masks in businesses. There are people just showing up like, Hey, you know, we're back to normal. I mean, some business owners are just not adhering to guidelines. Like I said yesterday, you're a grown adult. If that business is not adhering to guidelines, then, you know, maybe you need to find another business. Just don't take your business back there until after you feel like this has passed and it's a little bit safer. I also know that um, Mother's Day, some of our finer restaurants here in Atlanta have decided they're they're going to remain closed past Mother's Day, which is, I believe is the 10th. And with that in mind, you know, what are your plans for Mother's Day? Um, I usually cook something or take my mom out, but we'll probably just cook here at the house. But a lot of these uh, companies are asking you to order ahead of time. I'm sure they will have a preset menu. You can order from that and they will either deliver or you can go pick up. So, you know, most of us have, have mitigated the inconvenience of this entire thing, but now we're at the phase of who done it, where, what, how, why, who, and, um, and what's our response? What should our response be as a nation? If in fact, this is some negligent, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just, just, just downright active bioterrorism on behalf of the Chinese, what should the U.S.'s sober response be? I want you to think about that soberly. It's so easy to get caught up in the hyperbole on Twitter and Facebook and all the emotions and the anger and we tweet and we ship it off. And But I want you to really stop and think about what the response should be. I know we're dealing with our own mess right now and reopening our states. Most of you are still on lockdown. If you live in Virginia, God help you. I'm sorry. Or Michigan, you voted for them. I'll just say that whether it was stolen or not remains to be seen, (laughs) but, uh, we kind of get who we vote for. Um, you know, but in the way of, um, you know, just in the way of being sober about our responses, 
nationally? What do you think that response should be? I'm interested in hearing from you. You can sound off on my open mic. Um, I will say this. This is a big story going on right now with regard to our elderly, a big story coming out of New York and convalescent homes. And what we're realizing is that, you know, our poor uh, gems, G-E-M-S's of our population were, I would dare say, completely criminally neglected on behalf of Governor Cuomo and others who made a decision to continue allowing for um, sick elderly to return back to convalescent homes um, and exposing others to COVID-19 who were otherwise healthy and they had no way of communicating. I got to tell you guys, this is close to my heart, our elderly and people who are stuck in nursing homes. That's where my husband died again, 21 years ago today, uh, was in a nursing home because he was on life support. I couldn't care for him outside of the home without uh, 24 hour care. And our insurance simply did not allow for that at the time. I'm going to read you this letter from a listener. Um, I actually received it last Saturday. So April the 25th, um, she says, I'm angry and upset. While people share clever memes and feel good platitudes on social media, we're all in this together, stay safe, take care of yourself, etc. And they argue about whether to force everyone to stay locked in their homes or allow commerce to try and recover from this disease before it's too late. And radio talking heads argue the politics of COVID-19. Thousands upon thousands of innocent and helpless captives are dying by state mandate, and it's being almost completely ignored. Does anyone care? In early March, I read messages from nursing homes which notified friends and family that visitation of residents would not be allowed in an effort to protect their loved ones from the virus. How sad for the elderly to be isolated from already infrequent visits from their loved ones, but I thought it was a good idea for their protection. It sounded nice. When Governor Kemp announced that certain businesses would be allowed to reopen, he explained that most of the deaths were occurring in nursing homes and similar facilities. What? I learned that these facilities were only recently required to report cases and deaths. The number of COVID deaths among them is shocking. When my father had Alzheimer's, I learned a few things about nursing homes. They have more to do than they can handle, even if they really try under good supervision. Abuse, abuse and theft are rife. When I learned of the staggering numbers of nursing home residents who were dying from coronavirus, I assumed that it was a result of poor management, inadequate screening, and supervision of staff, and that this carelessness had allowed caretakers to contract the, to contract the disease by their personal behavior away from work and spread it to nursing home residents, even as family and friends were still forbidden to visit in the name of, quote, protection. Now I've learned that health officials in many states have forced these facilities to readmit COVID-19 patients from hospitals back into their group homes as soon as they no longer require hospital-level care. While they are still contagious and have forbidden nursing homes to test these patients for the presence of the virus, One reason given is that they didn't want to allow any discrimination against residents who tested positive for the disease. What? In the name of preventing, quote, discrimination, these state officials are responsible for the deaths of scores of thousands of helpless, captive elderly people and many of their caregivers as well. Family are forbidden to visit for, quote, 
their protection, even as loved ones are freely allowed to contract the virus from fellow residents. Oh, the states also mandated protection procedures to ensure safety. I've read them. They're completely unrealistic and the facilities are understandably unable to comply. From what I saw with my father, these places are barely able to provide minimal care of so many people, even under normal conditions. This is a disgrace, a total disgrace. It is breaking my heart more than anything else about this whole disaster. And I'm very angry, both that it has happened. It is still happening to apparently the least of these among us and that nobody seems to give one little crap. Why? Because they're old and a burden anyway. I am 68 and at risk, but I can take care of myself. So can you. We can decide what risks to take and not to take. But these people are at the mercy of those into whose care they have been entrusted and are literally dying at their hands. It would be nice if you brought this to the attention of your audience. Maybe you can make them care. Well, I can't make you care. And one of the reasons why I'm constantly encouraging myself as well as you to guard your ears and your eyes is so that ultimately you will guard your heart so that it will not wax cold because we do live in lawless times. And the least of these are precious, precious elderly people, as well as homeless and poor people, are the ones who are left in the dust, who are completely voiceless, who are lonely, who feel dejected, rejected, who really are hopeless. And if we say that we serve the God of hope and we turn our eyes and our ears and our hands and our feet and our pocketbooks and our resources and resources in the way of connections and people we know and in the way of our time. If we turn our eyes from all of us and our talents and our treasures and our gifts, we are not blameless. We're not. So I can't make you care, but I can bring it to your attention and I can humbly ask you to join me in keeping these people in your prayers by making sure that things like of this nature are brought to the attention of people who can actually do something about this by holding others accountable, by passing legislation that even further protects our elderly from their caretakers. <laughs> uh, and not that every convalescent home is of the devil, but believe me when I tell you, my husband passed away of ALS with ALS. My husband actually passed away the day he did because he was accidentally left off of his um, balloon, his oxygen too long. They disconnected his trach to, um, to expel um, phlegm from his, um, from his respiratory system. Cause that's what you have to do when someone's on a, on a vent and he was traked and someone did not reconnect him properly and they were understaffed. He had a very, uh, very strong heart, uh, for whatever reason, ALS doesn't tend to affect the heart muscle, but it affects every, literally every other muscle in your body internally. Uh, it is, 
a disaster, but the heart is spared for some reason, other than the fact that you have, you know, a hard time breathing. But when you're on a vent, he's doing that for you. So your heart is spared. So I know firsthand that in sitting in those halls and sitting in waiting rooms and going to visit and finding my husband in his own mess, finding my husband had not been turned and rolled regularly and developed bed sores at the age of 30. So I'm telling you this to inspire you to some level of compassion to make sure that these folks are not left behind and that people who are responsible for their safety, who just said what the hell they're old anyway, that they are held accountable. That is something we can do. So I want to encourage you to, as we're making America great again, maybe our new hashtag needs to be made to care. I love that. All right. So check on your elderly, check on your loved ones. I would encourage some of you, I've actually considered this more and more having my daughter and her uh, soon to be fiance. He's been living in our third level here uh, in our quote basement um, since all of this began and we were all quarantined. And what I've realized more than anything is that while yes, it has been challenging to have three grown adults, um, you know, two lovebirds in the house trying to keep them separated, me continuing to, you know, try to maintain my sanity, um, as a mom and plan for a engagement and now a wedding and all of that. What I have realized are my priorities from a familial standpoint and what I want my future to look like with my family. And one thing I know for sure is that I want to become more self-sustainable, when I, uh, I tweeted something today regarding our uh, food supply chain and, uh, you know, I, I do tend to purchase my meats from people who it goes directly from field to they slaughter their own meats and it comes straight to my freezer. Um, that is my supply chain on some of my food, but I would like to become a little bit more self-sustainable in the future. I'd like to become debt-free and I would love for my family to be able to live, you know, to parcel out just a giant tract of land and have my family close to me. That is something I didn't think would be a priority until this pandemic and bring my mother onto the property with me, have my daughter and my grandkids on the property with me. Um, so that we're all a family. And I realize some of your loved ones are so sick. You can't take care of them without help. I understand that. But let's face it, you guys, we really do have a pandemic, an epidemic, whenever it comes to our elderly and just dropping them off to slobber in a corner by themselves. And many people are left lonely and destitute and are convalescent homes. They don't know who they are or even worse. They do know who they are. They do know who their family members are. They do know they have children. They do remember their names. They do remember having grandchildren and they never see them. It's awful. It's just awful. It is cause for pause. And so while we're all demanding that our leaders be held accountable. Maybe this is a good time for us to live with a little bit of self-accountability. Go adopt somebody at a convalescent home who doesn't have anyone to visit them. You know, maybe some of you can make the decision to move your loved ones out of the convalescent home. Maybe they don't need that level of care um, that requires 24-hour nursing, helping and out of the bed and to the toilet and all of that. 
you know, maybe you can make some different choices for your family members moving forward. But I know this, Governor Cuomo and others who made decisions that were not in favor of, of our most precious um, and vulnerable, those leaders should positively be held accountable for that. Okay, thanks for tuning in. Be back with you guys tomorrow. I hope you have a peaceful, blessed night of just wonderful sleep. Go hug your babies and your grandmamas and them and be go look in your own mirror and be kind to yourself so you can be kind to others. And remember, if you're an American, act like one.